Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall, the show where we try to empower you, the individual, with a metaphorical sledgehammer to bring down that metaphorical wall that has been erected to keep us from the truth. And the truth is that as we try to navigate this realm, we are met with struggle at some point, whether it be lies or propaganda, working a nine to five to pay the bills, or just trying to make it through the week without losing your mind. And yet, some of us get dealt a very difficult set of cards that it seems almost impossible to overcome. Be be important into poverty, having a handicap, having mental or health issues, or even having to recuperate through some type of surgery or trauma. Sometimes it feels like there's no end in sight or any chance to realize our true inner potential. And it could be very difficult when we see others simply living their best life without no effort. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a way out with tons of work. And the more impossible your dream or vision may seem, the more work it will require to become a reality. So welcome back, guys. Without any further ado, I would like to introduce to you all this amazing person I met in cyberspace. Uh, This is a person that against all odds and pushbacks and a seemingly never-ending obstacles was able to reclaim her life in such a way that it literally brought tears to my eyes. And through tons and tons of work, research, faith, mental effort, and struggle, she can now say she has overcome and sees the enormous change in her life. It's beautiful and amazing to see people transform their life for a better, fighting against all odds and adversity. So without any further ado, I want to welcome to y'all Jane, known as Healing by Jane on Instagram. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on here. And thank you for your kind words. I'm truly honored to be on your show. No, thank you. Um, I, this is the thing that I love talking to people about because that has been my whole thing ever since I was a little kid. How do you get people to change their mind? Because people live their lives on autopilot mostly and they don't really stop to think or introspect or to see if there needs to be any change. So first of all, um, I, I learned about you through this very powerful video that you posted. I don't want to give it all away because I want you to tell your story. but. I want to ask you, how are you doing today, today, Jane? But I want you to answer it in the way the old Jane would have answered, like a couple of years ago, before you went through your transformation. If I would ask old Jane, how are you doing today? What would be a typical response she would say? The response from old Jane would be, I would have told you that I'm doing terrible. I dreaded every single day. I dreaded every moment, really. Even the good times I dreaded because... I, I wasn't connected to my body. I just felt so disconnected. Um, I had a very extremely nihilistic outlook on life. And I was struggling with anxiety and depression. I was struggling to fit in. I felt miserable and I felt like I had no purpose. So that's how I would have responded to you a few years ago. Wow. And probably crying as well, maybe, huh? Tearing up. Really? Yeah, I, I saw. Was, yeah, crying was a frequent thing back then. Okay, so I know a little bit and from reading your story on Instagram and seeing that powerful video, but I would like to sh- for you to share with us your story. Like, what is it that caused or what do you think it was in your life that led you to have these negative or seemingly low vibration uh, thoughts and feelings? I have, I went through some pretty horrific trauma growing up, and I know that there's many people who can probably relate. So I'll start off with, I, it's, it's really long too, so I'll try and touch on just the key points. Um, so I've always been a highly sensitive person since childhood. 
um, I've always been like very sensitive to the energy of others around me. And I've also always been a truth seeker like you, and I've always loved to figure things out on my own. So I've kind of been like stubborn in that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, my parents, they got divorced when I was age 10, and my dad went to a uh, jail shortly after for a DUI. He had some alcohol and drug problems. So I was constantly like worrying about the mental and emotional state of him and my mother, who she didn't take the divorce well, and neither did he because he lost custody of us and it was a whole mess. And as the oldest child, I kind of took, I was stuck in the middle and um, my siblings were too young to really know what was going on, but I had a better idea of what was happening. So I kind of began practicing, like acting out and practicing escapism. So I was experimenting with drugs and alcohol from a very young age, like around 14. Um, I was hanging out with older people and doing things to get myself in trouble. And I'll take full responsibility for it. I was just not um you know behaving in the way that i should have been but it really was kind of like cry for help in a way and really just a sense of like escapism like i was saying so my this resulted in me getting sent to a facility and i only bring this part up because this is like a huge part of i think what led me onto my healing journey and my healing path but my family sent me away to this I want to call it really a cult once I got there, but it was a rehab and drug facility in Florida, and it turned out to be extremely emotionally and mentally abusive, and I was there for an entire year, admitted on my 18th birthday, actually. So I graduated high school, basically got on a plane from New York to Florida, and I was stuck here for an entire year with people who were a lot you know, worse than me. I was kind of just partying. And these people were like serious drug addicts. So everyone was just laughing at me like, oh, you're just like the baby. And um, anyways, this place, the staff here, it was just the most like emotionally abusive place spiritually. It was, I remember thinking this place is my worst nightmare while I was there. Um, they used a form of attack therapy, which I later learned more about. And I was cut off from my family. So this was like, for an entire year, I was cut off from my family besides a couple phone calls that were monitored. And then they had our family come for like one visit, which was like, there's like way too many details to get into, but it was just crazy. They have your family come and they practice attack therapy like on the whole family. What is attack um, therapy? Sorry. What is attack therapy? So attack therapy, it's basically like a bunch of people like screaming at you what the fuck? for lack of better words it's a bunch of people screaming at you and coming at you with like they with like your weaknesses so they would want to learn your weaknesses and they would kind of like just make you hit your boiling point and um they did this in a group setting though so this was like a whole all the patients were like picking and crying at each other and we were told to and um what so, for fuck? instance, they would have me pick at, like, a father who was also in the group, and he, you know, he was, like, absent for his, like, children and his, like, marriage, and they wanted me to, like, guilt this guy. So, what I, when I say that, yeah, guilting and shaming would be, like, the two biggest, like, the fuel for this kind of therapy. That sounds terrible. I mean, I mean, I can see how it would work for some people. I can see some people do... Uh, are receptive to that tough love, but other people, you can't have that approach. You'll break somebody if you do something to somebody who's very vulnerable and, and almost on the edge of, of losing their mind. That's, that's terrible. 
absolutely. So I'm with you because, you know, I've spoken to some people and it looks like a lot of the people I went there with, they're still sober today. So I'm not going to say that it didn't save some lives, but a lot of these people, I think that for me, at least like being a highly sensitive person that I am, this place really, really messed me up. And, um, I mean, I was just too young, first of all. And second of all, yeah, it was, it's just some people can handle that and some people can't. And I really couldn't handle that. So I tried my best. I flew under the radar and it was just like a big, like a form of brainwashing is how I saw it though, because they, I never thought that I was an alcoholic or a drug addict. I knew that I was doing this for a form of like escapism and these people, they make you label yourself, you know, as a drug addict. So every time I have to introduce, introduce myself to the group, like, hi, my name's Jane. Like I'm an alcoholic addict. I would have to say that. And I was 18. All I'd done was some partying. Wow. That's kind of like, that I was at. they're making you reinforce that idea of that identity, like making you for yourself believe that that's all you are a drug addict. And the more and more that I learned about it, you know, and how like, yeah, just the repeating of words, like the power of that on a spiritual level, it's so attacking. It was like, I, I really don't wish this on my worst enemy. I truly don't. And um, it, it was just horrible. And so that, and on top of that, they're taking so much money financially. You know, like they were, they were bankrupting families. They had parents convinced that their kids, like, were going to die if they didn't stay at this therapy. And let me tell you, I'm sure they could have found another, like, place that was a little bit cheaper and had a better approach, a softer approach. So that was definitely a lie. Mm-hmm. So they, people's parents were mortgaging homes in order to keep them here because it was a private pay um, place. Mm-hmm. So just not to get too much into it, absolutely horrific though. So this experience, I left there with PTSD. I went there without PTSD. I left there with PTSD. And also what happened while I was there is that my father ended up passing away unexpectedly from a heroin overdose. So this completely shattered my world. I was pretty much starving at this point because they had taken away my grocery card. Um, and at the and towards the end of the treatment, you were like kind of working and like trying to get back into the world a little bit, but you still had to show up for group. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole deal. So we're like paying rent at halfway houses. This was in South Florida. And there was a lot of just ripoffs and some bad stuff going on as far as halfway houses and just... You know, I would encourage people to do some research into that because it, there's really some lucrative stuff going on. And um, it's just very sad. But so I lost my father and it was this, this is one of the most traumatic experiences of my entire life mm-hmm. while I'm there. And I'm just away from family, separated from everyone. And it was just, you know, heart wrenching. And to know that he died alone, like on heroin, was just, you know, with a needle in his arm. So it was just a very, very traumatic yeah. experience. And um, so I knew I needed to get out of there. Um, Long story short, I did get out of there. And sadly, it really tarnished the relationship with my mother and I. So we've never been able to reestablish. We've like, you know, we've spoken, but we were never able to reestablish our relationship, which it was a big deal for me because I always idolized both of my parents. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to live up to expectations. I'm sure that some can relate to that just wanting to, you know, make your parents proud. And it wasn't until later on that I realized that, you know, you have to do what makes you happy, not your parents. So that's a whole other lesson that I learned. Mm -hmm. So anyways, when I, when I left there, I finally got back to New York from Florida 
I, and let me ask you this, sorry, uh, did, yeah. when you finished, were you uh, sober, like were you clean completely or you still had some? Yes, I was, okay. um, but I did go back to like, I was smoking some weed, I wasn't doing anything as bad, but I wasn't really like a bad drug addict, but yes, I did stay clean, it was very serious, we had to while we were there, <laughs> so yeah, that was for like an entire year. And then I did, as soon as I got out though, honestly, I was, I started smoking, I was drinking a little bit here and there again, but it never, I would say it never got as bad. I mean, I did go downhill a little bit, but it never got as bad as it like was before then. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like experimenting with other stuff. And um, I feel like I, I was very lucky to get this all out of my system very young. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people I run into now, like go through that in college, but for me, I really went through that like before college and a little bit like before I went to college again. So um, fast forward a little bit, I got back to New York. My mom like didn't even let me move home with her. Wow. And I was living with a friend, so I did my fair share of couch surfing. And um, which was a really difficult time for me because I felt ashamed, I felt humiliated, and it kind of just like reiterated these terrible feelings that the rehab made me feel. Mm -hmm. But I was very grateful for all the friends, and there were some relatives that really helped me get through this at the time, and um, so I'm very grateful for that. So I was also, finally, I was uh, back in New York City. I was living in Manhattan. I had my own apartment. My mom was helping financially a little bit while I was in school, and I was working. And um, I was diagnosed, actually, with a TBI, so PTSD from the rehab and then I was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury which was kind of like I didn't even know I had it so I was definitely experiencing some stuff like mentally and emotionally but what, I had no idea that what do you think could have what do you think yeah. could have caused that TBI so it was so confusing because I I asked them and they told me that it could have been from sports injury which is possible because I they told me it was either sports injury or me from drinking but I mean, I hadn't been drinking for that long, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know that it could have been from drinking and injury from that, but I did do sports for my entire life. I did competitive cheerleading. I did lacrosse. I had a couple minor head injuries, just like getting whacked in the head during mm -hmm. cheerleading practice. I was a base. I would pick people up or, you know, maybe I got like whacked in the head with a lacrosse stick. It was actually in the same area in my frontal lobe is where the damage was. Okay. And you know, it was really scary though, to see that on a scan, mm -hmm. there was like two little holes. Oh shit. Um, also, I didn't mention that I got this done at the Amen Clinic, which is like, they did all the like NFL studies mm -hmm. about traumatic brain injuries. Right. So it's a very prestigious, like well-known place. And um, these scans were like high tech and they were expensive. Mm -hmm. So these were like some accurate scans and it was just like very like scary to know that and know if this is real. And what does it cause? Uh, what does TBI yeah. cause to a, a regular person? What what kind of effects does it have in their life or their thoughts? It can it can have such a range of things. You know, mine they considered it to be mild, but there were still two holes like in the scan, which was like very scary. But it could be like attention deficit problems. Um, it can cause tons of emotional problems, which I think that was a lot of the ones that I experienced. Mm -hmm. So emotional, just like instability, moodiness, and um, you know, irritability, like tons, just full list. So this is just like touching on the t like the tip of the iceberg. Right. I but, think it's I think it's yeah. so fascinating how just affecting a little part of your brain has a giant, a profound, profound change in how you you w move around in this world. You know, just those two little holes 
can cause ripples that that cause great changes that make life almost impossible for some people. And when that's when I see homeless people, I'm like, I know some of them have drug issues, but some of them really just have mental issues. And I don't know if it's TBI or because of the drugs and alcohol, but it's wild to think. And it's very important to, to really take care of your brain and your body and your mind because the brain is where supposedly consciousness comes from. And and if you damage that, you know, your outlook on, on the world would be would be different. So I think I, I, I try to really tell people to really take care of their bodies and their brains and just really protect their, their vessel. I'm so with you on that. Um, it's so important and it's so scary because, you know, I think these the sport injuries too and more stuff comes out about all the NFL football players and, you know, hockey is another sport where a lot of head injuries happen. And cheerleading, competitive cheerleading is very dangerous as well. And it's it's amazing what the body can do. And, you know, I, I grew up an athlete, so I love sports. But with that said, we have to do everything we can to protect ourselves because this can cause so many problems. And for me, you know, I'll never really know for sure because I was diagnosed with so many other things, which I'll get a little bit into when I started finding, you know, alternative health methods. Mm-hmm. But allopathically, like, I kind of just reached a standstill because I – after the TBI diagnosis, all of it just, I, I guess I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, as far as the TBI, like it can just affect so many things. And I guess I'll never know for sure because I did have some issues with like balance and issues with like tons of other physical things mm-hmm. that I'm not sure if it's from the TBI or if it's from the other diagnoses that I received. So, you know, because a lot of my symptoms turned out like they, they seemed like Parkinson's. Yeah, I saw one on your videos. You you were you were saying you posted a video of how you would react uh, a while back or something, and you said uh, that you woke up and you had headaches and it felt like you had a liquid in your lungs and inflammation around your brain. Like, what what was that? What is that experience like? So for many many years, I was having trouble with breathing. I had they had also diagnosed me with sleep apnea. So this is getting more into all the. The other health issues. So after the TBI, I think I started taking health a lot more seriously because they said, though, they did tell me that, you know what, you can reverse this. You can reverse this. And that stuck with me. I was like, okay, I can reverse it. But I don't believe that all the, they told me through like diet and exercise and things like that. So I was pretty, I was like, okay, because I like, I'm the person that believes in making the impossible become possible that's just the kind of like mentality that I have Mm -hmm. so I was pretty much like hell-bent on like okay I'm gonna reverse this so yes I did start experiencing other symptoms like that like I felt like I had fluid in my lungs and I was getting diagnosed with bronchitis frequently and um pneumonia and things like that so I had no idea what was happening and I really couldn't work out for very long without getting super like just I couldn't breathe wow so um it was really scary. And then I had, I took a sleep test and they told me I had sleep apnea and there, I had so many diagnoses that it's hard to keep track of all of them. So then they also diagnosed fibromyalgia, um, myositis, which is like inflammation, a really rare disorder with muscles, which I'm still trying to heal that now, but I've reversed so many symptoms, which we'll get into a little bit later, just through natural things, food. So, and, um, so how long, you said since uh, around 10 years old, since your parents divorced, I guess this sent you down a cascade of events where you were living, I guess, in this low vibration how, until you had that TBI uh, screening and they told you that. How, so how long was this period? When did you realize this? And when did you start uh, saying, yeah, I can reverse this, I can change this? 
actually, it took a few years after I got the TBI diagnosis. I was kind of just like really scared. I actually tried to like ignore it. I was like, okay, I guess I'm fine though. Like, you know, I'm still walking. So that's, I was like, I guess I'm okay. And I tried to ignore that because I really didn't want to identify with that. But it was always in the back of my mind. So to just to go a little more into what happened before I had that huge awakening, because it, it took time. Um, I never really got to grieve my father either when I was there at the rehab because I lost him and I was pretty much in survival mode trying to get out of this place because mm -hmm. it was like, you know, they were violating just the law. They were violating the law in so many ways and just regular like constitutional rights, like basic human rights, just reading mail, like, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. So wow. anyways, I'm out of there. I'm back in the city. I'm working. And it was pretty amazing that I was able to even function during this time. Because then I started seeing psychiatrists. I was prescribed, like, tons of medications. I was on stimulants. I was on antidepressants. I was on, um, what's it called, anti-anxiety meds, like benzos, which are really, really bad. And all of these meds are really, really bad. And I was on so many of them because I couldn't function. I was having so many, like... Just mental health problems i was not okay emotionally i was just very unstable i couldn't really function on my own but there i was on my own so um i actually ended up having a stalker in the apartment that i lived i didn't know this person they lived above me it was an older guy and um so for a whole year and a half i had this man was stalking me and the police did nothing about it my mom didn't believe me. I was just in a state where I actually, this was like the lowest point that I hit. Um, I lost a job because I just could no longer function. Oh. And I was trying my best. But, so yeah, I lost a job. And um, just, I had a horrible relationship with my mom. I was very upset. And then finally, you know, the police like realized like, oh, okay, like this really is happening. There was a number of witnesses who saw this man he was like breaking into my apartment wow. when i was gone it was terrible what else and what else was, would he do what, what, i'm sorry what what else would he do how would he stalk you so he would go out and this is like a manhattan new york city apartment so he would go like watch me from my window and like wait at night and um so the first time that i ever saw him i like had just gone out of the shower and like it was late at night and he was like literally like in the window what the fuck? and it was so terrifying it was just and i just want to mention too how like traumatic events like that they have a serious effect on your adrenal glands and on your health in general oh yeah so during this time i actually had also tested like the doctor tested my cortisol levels which is was showing which like goes hand in hand with adrenaline uh -huh. and mine were so like pumped up it was like it was like over 30 and that's like too high so they were watching me for that so that was just another like weird diagnosis that i had and i think all these diagnoses that i had and all this stress really amplified and i think this would be true for anyone else who experiences stuff like this just scary traumatic stuff um it would amplify any like underlying disorders that you might have or be predisposed to right so this like a hundred times like amplified what i was going through and um i was completely alone at this point i really wasn't even like seeing friends much and you know there were a few people who like checked in to make sure i was okay and some co-workers but once i lost my job so i had like went months without seeing people and i was just in a really like total darkness and finally like 
there was just something like awakening me. Then the police, like there were witnesses and like that acknowledgement that like this is really happening. You're not just, you know, crazy. And people were like trying to say I was just seeing things, which was not the case. But anyways, this man actually ended up like getting in trouble. I don't think he was like held in prison, but I thought I was able to get a restraining order against him. So it was definitely, it was like legit. And then I went back home and um, like, so then I got back home and that is really when I started realizing like, okay, like I'm getting off all these psychi- like psychiatric medications. I just realized I don't want to be on these. What anymore. made you, what made you think that, what, what created that spark? I think it was just that, I mean, my mom, cause we had some phases on and off where things were like, okay, between us. But I want to credit her for, she was into like holistic and alternative health methods already. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, I had, I was lucky to already have some insight into that. And she was taking me to like, you know, sometimes like we would go and visit like alternative and holistic doctors. So she took me to one and it started, I started really like being like, okay, I think I'm going to focus on like diet. I think I'm going to start like eating more like fruit and vegetables and add smoothies and, um, but for a while I was still eating a high protein diet, which for what I was experiencing, that was not beneficial for me. Um, I needed to really cleanse my body in order to get away from that. So what is so, your, what is your opinion of what, why protein is probably, cause I've been thinking about becoming vegetarian too. I just love meat too much, but I think there's definitely something to abstaining from meat. But so what, what do you think it is that causes, that makes protein maybe seem an issue for some people? I, so honestly, I started learning about a few different people, like medical medium later on and Dr. Savy. And there was also a book that really made me like, be like, okay, wow. So there's a book called the great cure and it's by Johanna Brandt. And, um, she was able to cure stomach cancer on an all great diet. So just knowing this, I was like, wow, like. I was so blown away by that, like, wow. So this was, like, a little bit later on when I was, like, still not feeling great, but I was feeling better, you know, I was having some progress, but I was being very misled also by these doctors. So mm-hmm. even the holistic ones, they were, like, be on this supplement and that supplement, and there's just so much, like, misinformation right. in the holistic and alternative health community that it took time, and it took my own research. So that book, knowing about Dr. Savy and this, like, so he's all about the alkaline diet. Mm-hmm. and um, Wasn't he how, murdered? Didn't he get murdered as well? Yes. Yeah, it's very yes. interesting. I, he, believe he got, I believe he got murdered. Y'all should he look into... He died in, in um, custody uh-huh. um, of pneumonia. And here we're talking about like one of the healthiest like people in the world yeah. at this point. Um, able to heal himself and make himself come back. I think he used to be very overweight. He was very unhealthy. And he turned his whole life around with foods. Mm-hmm. So the thing with him is that he, and yes, they definitely did, in my opinion. And um, they even, I believe they even, like, killed someone who is possibly trying to make the documentary about it, like, more recently. Wow. I, I might be wrong about that, but something weird happened, and I don't even know the documentary ever came out. So, um, yeah, wasn't it, it was Nipsey Hussle, I think. I don't want to get, like, too much into it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, for sure. So, but once knowing this though, and being like, okay, there's something more to this story. So I absolutely love him and his work. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing is that he still, he recommends like, it's not meat, but he recommends a high protein diet. still. so there's a lot of like nut butters, but they're, they're healthier, healthier alternatives. 
So I would recommend him to anyone who's like looking to get healthier, Dr. Sebi. So let's spell it out. It's Dr. S-E-B-I, right? That's right. And his real name's Alfredo Bowman. Okay. Yeah, young people go look into him. He's a real good guy. Yeah. Okay. So you, you so you're so you're crediting your mom to kind of opening you up to this world of alternative healing, which I think is just amazing how big pharma has had a stronghold on people and brainwashing the masses into believing that these uh, these medicines made from petroleum are the answer. I don't know if you've seen this documentary. It's called How Big Oil Conquered the West, the Whole World. Have you seen that documentary? I think I may have a while back, though. So but I am with you. It is absolutely unbelievable. Right. So when Rockefeller, uh, he discovered oil here in America, and he's, he, great, he created his huge empire of oil, he, uh, he got lobbyists, and he, started, um, he got scientists, and he started researching medicine, and he realized he can make medicine from these petroleum, uh, this oil. So he, he got lobbyists. And he, he changed the laws in government. He had so much money and power that he got the government and uh, the medical industry to erase and make fun of all holotropic or alternative healing methods that people have used for all history. People think that medicine is brand new, but no, people have been healing themselves for thousands of years, and it's not with drugs or medicines. They do it with plants and alternative healing methods like acupuncture, um, many different techniques. But yeah, I just think it's, it's fucking crazy how big pharma with all their money and influence has brainwashed the entire world to think that they need to rely on these drugs that just give you more problems and you got to take more drugs to combat those issues. It's what's wild. It really is. And you know what? I also, just like you, I've always been very, very interested in all that kind of stuff. And just like, you know, I've always questioned things. I'm a huge skeptic. So, and also I have to prove things for myself, right? So Mm -hmm. hearing about this diet, knowing the story around it and that you know what the government did to shut it down they don't want people looking him up you know they don't want people knowing about him it's the it's a fact and um what i learned is that protein is highly acidic for the body so i'm talking more and so is like dairy for instance which i mostly ate like candy dairy i think i went a number of years without even touching a fruit or vegetables wow so i was like really malnourished and i was also just taking meds meds that I wasn't even able to eat on some of these meds Hmm. for years. So what I learned about pharmaceuticals is that they're super damaging to the psyche. They're also super damaging to the body and they're highly acidic. So I didn't know this until very recently from, there's also another doctor named Dr. Robert Morse. Okay. He's like all about fruit. And, um, and so like the grape diet, he's all about that too. Um, and all about how the lymph system is our sewage system and how he's an herbalist as well. What's his name? Robert Morris? Dr. Robert Morris. How do you spell his last name? M-O-R-S-E. Okay, cool. Thank you. He's just another one. So I kind of like, and between him, Medical Medium, who there's a ton, if you just look up any of these names, there are books, Medical Medium has books, um, Robert Morris, he has a whole YouTube channel where he answers tons of questions, which is very, very helpful for people who are experiencing just like a myriad of symptoms. 
um, just to get this information out there. Anywhere I go, even at the grocery store, I'm like telling the people at the register, like, hey, like there's a book called The Grape Cure, you know, like <laughs> Medical Medium has a website, like anywhere that I can like share this information. Cool, cool. I'm trying to share it because word of mouth is also so powerful. Right, right. And that's why I'm being more open about sharing my story. Well, let me so give I'm you. Let, very confident either. This let, is all like new. Let me give you this idea then. You should make stickers with that and put it on like gas pumps or grocery store carts, you know, that'll make a bigger impact. But I, you know what? That's not a bad idea. I would love to do that. Okay, yeah. Just okay. make it, yeah, posters too. Just mm-hmm. like put fires everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it because this information needs to get out there. Because right. this is some information that I wish that I had years ago. Like I'm grateful. I'm 26 years old now. I'm grateful to have found all this information. And like now I've made a difference. But it took me years to get here. So this stuff also healing doesn't happen overnight. Right. But I'm just here to let everyone know that like it's possible. So what I learned about protein and about pharmaceuticals are that both are highly acidic for the body. So for a person, and some people have better genes and they just have like a stronger, they've been exposed to less like toxins. Maybe their parents were too, because our parents pass it down to us. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's just like so important for us to take care of our bodies because there's stuff that we're just like born with some of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like BDT, like toxins, like all this stuff that is like pass on from generation to generation, heavy metals. Um, so there's so much stuff that we have to cleanse from our bodies. So the one like common theme that I found amongst all of them, because all of them have slightly different like protocols, um, with that protein, you need to lower protein intake. It's like this whole protein myth, right? We've been led to believe that to build strong, big muscles, you need to eat so much protein. And that's just a lie. That's not even true. And I'm not saying that people can't be meat eaters because that's not true. And I don't want to like steer anyone away who's a meat eater because that's okay. But um, from what I know, dairy is just very like, is not good um, typically. Right. Anyway, and some people don't agree with that. But from my experience, I feel a million times better off the dairy. Um, And I think that anyone who's like trying, you know, just wants to feel better, it's worth giving it a shot, right? Mm -hmm. If nothing else, just if you want to feel better, if you're really sick, you got to let the meat and dairy go at least lower your meat intake. Yeah, just try it, folks. And I think there's there's something even more deeper than that, because I've, I've looked into the Hindus and they say that when you're eating meat, it's like you're partaking part of something that the human is not supposed to do. We were raised, or according, if you believe evolution and all that, we were raised and we evolved to eat fruit and plants. That's where we came from. And I don't know where this idea came with where you have to kill another animal. And that has to do a lot also with um, morality and karma. When you're killing and, and, and taking the life of another thing to, to enrich yourself, you know, there's some kind of dark stuff if you really think about it. And with plants, it's like the plants are begging you to eat them. They're like, look how delicious and juicy I am. Please eat me. And, and an animal, it's like, man, when you see an animal be killed, it's kind of like, it's a little queasy. When people really saw where their food and especially their meat came from, like even the, the factories where they kill all these animals, it's like dark and sad and filled with death. It's like there's something more than just the, 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 the food of the protein. I think it has to do a lot with karma and natural law. And that's why I like to lean toward the idea that I, I might want to try vegetarianism, but I just love to meet too much. So sorry for interrupting. Not at all. I, I love to hear your input too. And, you know, I, I didn't like want to say it because I, then again, I don't want to steer people away. Like I, I know not everyone is like as open-minded. I feel like you're probably a very open-minded person as I am too. 
So if I like, I, I'm just I'm that way. That's how I'm built. Mm-hmm. And um, you can still eat meat and heal, by the way. You can. It's just that if you're really really sick, that's something that's going to be a lot harder for your body to break down on every level for your stomach, for your kidneys, for everything. It's just really hard on the body. And um, we, I'm with you on the spiritual thing too because I've become so much. I've always been connected to like to the source since I was a child. I've always kind of like dazed off and looked into space and like had all these, you know, just an inner sense of, like, knowing things. And where do you and, think um, that came from? Were your parents religious? They, so, yeah, I was born Catholic, and um, my parents were Catholic. And I guess I still am, although I don't really like to put a label on things, because more recently I'm becoming a lot more open to some other ideas. But I do believe in, like, Christ. I really do. I'm a firm believer in God, like, our creator. It's just that I don't really like to put the label of religion on it at this point, right. just because I know there is some, you know, it, it could be kind of like there's some dogma and there's some weird stuff surrounding it. But I'm a very spiritual person, like, and I believe I'm a firm believer in Christ. I believe that we came from the source, our creator, and that, you know, if you're there, if you're there spiritually, the source can work through you. Right. And it's all about helping others. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a more beautiful way of living life. Yeah, I don't know how and, people uh, can be an uh, atheist. Yeah. I think it's just so crazy. Like, I'll just stare out into the space like you, like, look at the clouds and be like, how can anyone think or just conceive of the idea that all of this is an accident? Like, if you pay attention and if you look and reach, and just look at the trees or the animals, all of this has a purpose and has a creator. There are blueprint, there, there's fingerprints everywhere. I mean, you can see it through fractals, through nature, through patterns. There's some intelligent design. And to think that there is no God, it's pretty nihilistic and it's pretty dark. And I think that's one of the greatest tricks the devil ever pulled was to get people to think that there is no God. And that, yep, and to like make others believe that the devil doesn't exist because I do believe that it does. And I do believe, again, about good versus evil and that um, just there's so much, there's so much in this, that whole topic that I agree with you on and how, like, spiritually i do believe that like we are meant to eat the fruits and vegetables just to talk really quick on that point like that was here for us mm-hmm. and um you know i i'm nothing against eating meat eaters or anything like that it's just that i feel so much more connected to source ever since you know becoming vegan i really do and if nothing else incorporating more fruits and vegetables alone will will help you become more connected to the source and i believe that like when I didn't believe in Christ, when I didn't believe that there was a, our creator, a higher power, because I lost touch with that. When I was in that rehab, I had fully lost touch with that because when my dad died, I was like, okay, there's no way God exists. So for a while, I was in that nihilistic phase. And I'm not going to lie, I feel like it opened me up to so many other dark like forces. Like, it just was crazy. Like, I feel like dark forces were like, for lack of better words, were like able to kind of take over my mind and my thoughts and um I was so disconnected for so many years after that and it really took like being in another like situation of desperation of wanting to get better wanting to heal for me to actually find God again right and I'm telling you that once I found God there was no going back right no going back like I know he's with me now, even through the hardest times, and life isn't perfect, and I know it's not for everyone else either. No, yeah, I think it's wild how, even saying this, I feel a little woo-woo, but whenever, sometimes you really just have to bring God back into your life, because like you, there was a big time in my 20s where I separated from God, and I was an atheist, and like you, I, I looked all around the world and saw how 
how dark the world is. And I was questioning, is there really a God? Why would God allow any of this to happen? If there's a God, why isn't he here and with us? Why isn't the world a better place? But once you really do the research, you'll see that there's evil entities in this world controlling it for a reason. And so what I want to say with that is, I've heard lots of stories of people, kind of like yours as well, when they go through a traumatic experience, and especially people who are drug addicts, people are saying now, and I'm beginning to believe this more, that once you start going down that path of separating from God, you open up yourself to, to I don't know if it's demons or spirits or what, but you open up yourself for these entities to come and feed off of that fear. You know, there's this whole idea also, we, we might talk about it or not, of Gnosticism, of how there's these demons or these evil beings or entities that, that love suffering they feed off of that so so they go around people who are stuck on drugs who 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 won't speak out or if they do speak out about it people will be respond by saying oh you're just on drugs you're a crazy person but no i truly think that there's something to once people start separating from god disease or drugs or just problems of the world seem to fall on people and and like you said ever since i started connecting again again with god and source my life has changed completely i used to have problems and anxiety issues and I would get upset and I just had no patience for people but now after really thinking and coming back to, to God or Christ my life has changed and it's incredible to see it and I'm just telling you people just do it doesn't hurt you look into spirituality a little bit try praying at night try meditating and just try it. it's not going to hurt you and you'll definitely see a change I'm so glad to hear that by the way that it helped you and absolutely to everyone who's listening to this Please, like, I, I encourage them as well, just look into it, be open-minded. I think it's important to be open-minded. Just to talk a little bit on Gnosticism, because um, just what my understanding of it is that it's like being connected to the source which created you. So this would come from, it comes from, like, the idea that, like, um, a, like we're connected to the earth, to the natural world. And it's kind of like embodied in us as human beings. Um, this is my understanding of it without like some textbook definition uh, putting that there. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to like to the creation of earth and moral code. It goes back to moral code too, which is another really important player in this. And um, I think that dark energy really just like, you know, like attaches to the light, like a moth, you know, like the moth like coming into the light, mm -hmm. like, just feeds off good energy and um i think there there is a reason why like these bad things happen to people is because it from my like take from all the bad things that have happened to me it has really amplified my healing process like i would not be here at 26 years old you know for all i know i'd probably be out like still partying with everyone like drinking on the weekends like i don't have any like I don't even like smoke anymore right now, mm -hmm. which is crazy for me to say because I was a huge smoker. I don't even do that right now. And um, really just I'm like sober. I have no vices right now. But this has allowed me like the deepest connection to myself, to the source. And I feel like I'm here. I'm like, OK, I'm here for a purpose. Like everything I've been through in my life has literally set me up to be here like on this day you know, like to help other people. Right. And, um, and as fucked up as it sounds like, to have too. Yeah, as fucked up as it sounds, I've said this in a couple of my episodes that even though you're going through something that's very terrible, like you, would you say, would you trade all that terrible stuff that happened to you for to have a different life? Or, or would you say that you're kind of glad that this happened to you? I've seen this a few years ago. I would have been like, I would do anything because 
I would do anything to have not have experienced that, you know, because it was so terrifying and it was so earth shattering that like I didn't want to go through it. And now I would answer the complete opposite. I would tell you that I am so grateful all this happened, you know, like, of course, I wish my dad was still here. But aside from that, I'm so grateful that this also happened because I know myself now. I know my purpose. And I like, you know, it just took a little process to like major awakenings had to happen in, in order for me to be here. But now I feel like I can help anyone else who's going through something and like I can offer my perspective. And I realized that not everyone <laughs> I haven't met that many people who can like relate to everything I've been through, or maybe some bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so I definitely have like a unique experience and at least I'm able to like say that about it now right. because there was only really negative things that I was able to, to say about it before. And now I'm kind of just trying to take like a positive spin on it, which has really, really made a difference for me though. And allowed me growth. Right. Right. That's beautiful. Okay, so okay, so you started going through this path of eating healthy and stuff. And I see you post a lot of cool stuff about your your plates. You post a lot of vegetarian food, and I've never been one to like actively look for it. But I feel like I would eat your plates. They look delicious. I think you had one where you just did like a roll, like of lettuce and tomatoes and stuff. What? How did you start learning about vegetarianism, or what? How did you start traversing that realm? So much, by the way. So I started getting into, once I learned about like Dr. Savy and he's who I learned about first. And um, I I was like, I just started listening to my body. I started doing something called intuitive eating where I, you know, instead of junk food, I actually started craving fruits and vegetables, like mostly fruits. And then I started learning a little bit how to cook. It became like an outlet for me. So it actually became a way for me to kind of like transmute like my bad experiences into this really calming thing. Being in the kitchen became so calming for me. Mm -hmm. So I started making daily smoothies, which there are so like anything that you put in a smoothie is going to benefit your body. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay. You said you started craving fruits and stuff. Was it, was this after you did some sort of detox or something? Because I've heard that once you're on eating certain foods, your bacteria, your gut biome craves those same foods. So you're kind of stuck in a loop. If you're eating trash food, McDonald's and candy, your stomach will crave that food. But once you detox and you kill all those bad bacteria and all that stuff that's in your stomach and you start putting in good stuff, you create a new gut biome that actually craves the stuff, the healthy stuff that you're eating. So was there some type of detox that you did or what was it that started to get you to crave food, uh, fruits and vegetables? Yes, I think you're definitely right about that because once you're on this path, I'm like now that I'm like two years down the road that I haven't consumed any processed sugar, um, nothing, just not even that much stuff like from a, a box or from like um, a package anymore. So I pretty much make every single thing that I ingest right now. Um, and I am on a cleanse, right? the medical medium cleanses right now. Mm-hmm. But I actually did this overnight, so it wasn't easy and I had cravings in the beginning. But I was so sick and I went to all these, so I realized allopathic medicine wasn't for me. I went to every specialist, they all had no answers for me. And I spent so much time, my friends and family know how many doctors I went to, how, you know, they gave me diagnoses, but they never gave me any, any solutions. There was no solutions. And I started realizing how corrupt allopathic medicine is. And that's when I started realizing, like, I'm going to take my health into my own hands. So it really was a realization for me. And I just overnight was like, okay, like no more sugar. Like I can do like maple syrup and I'm vegan, but I still eat honey. And um, I, I believe there are so many benefits to raw honey. And um, 
like starting your day with raw honey and lemon water is one of the most cleansing things that you can do. And this is recommended by all those, um, you know, holistic practitioners that I just um, recommended. Yeah, I saw like, you You had a post where it said that you do uh, raw honey with lemon. What, what is this? Can you give us a recipe and how to do this? So you literally just, any raw honey, is, you know, you don't want it to be like some processed. Yeah, make sure it's in a glass jar. Don't get anything in a plastic jar. That too. Um, that's, yeah, plastic is never that good. And if it's the only thing that you can afford or something, it's fine though. Um, but anyways, with that said, you just literally put a spoonful and it's better cold though. So if you want to do this, actually have it, um, as a cold, like room temperature drink. It doesn't have to be like refrigerated cold, but I mean, if you put boiling water, you can have it as a tea if you want, but actually the most cleansing version of it, you don't want to kill the lemon, right? So you're going to put it, and this is from medical medium. But all the practitioners I just mentioned, Dr. Morse, um, Dr. Savy, Medical Medium, they all recommend that you do this first thing. So there were a few things from between all of them that I was like, okay, so like this is definitely what to do. So I've given up coffee. Coffee is really acidic for the body. Mm-hmm. And I find more energy doing that. And um, so you just put a teaspoon of raw honey and then you get a lemon squeezer. You just cut the lemon in half, you squeeze it. You can get one on Amazon. You can also get like a lemon like presser or like a citrus like presser there's there's tons of stuff that you get mm-hmm. um i literally just use a lemon squeezer okay. and um and then you put the water in it that's it and you just start your day with that with about 16 ounces of water um if you can do that and but anything you put into your body that's a fruit or vegetable is good you want to start your day with fruits right now i just but want to point out also yeah. that uh, i want to point out that these two ingredients just in and of themselves are like super foods uh, like honey in and of itself honey never rots they found honey in one of the Egyptian tombs. I was, I think, 3,000 years old, and the honey was still edible. It's still good. It doesn't rot. And it's actually something that's been used by many generations, by many cultures throughout all times to preserve things. Like even the first shamans, they used to save, the, they used to uh, harvest the mushrooms, and they would store them in honey because the honey wouldn't rot. So they could, it's basically like a little sealant. sealant. It, it uses to preserve things. And lemon, in and of itself, it's like a super cleanser. You can use it to clean things. Um, as a matter of fact, you should stop using, people should stop using uh, house cleaning products with chemicals and use like a homemade lemon spray I've seen people make. And it can be used for cleaning and it's, uh, it has no chemicals or anything that's terrible for the environment. I'm um, 100% with you on that. And that's really cool about the honey too. I actually didn't know that. I just know that it's absolutely a superfood. And it's actually helped me keep like, because I struggled to like maintain like a normal weight and stuff. I was always very underweight. So it's really helped give me like energy. It's helped my adrenals. It's just helped like pure adrenal fatigue, I mean. Yeah. And um, it's absolutely incredible. And so it, it's actually medical medium is the one that recommends the raw honey with uh, lemon water. And the other ones, like Dr. Savi says that you should use like agave. So there are some like contradicting themes amongst some of them. Dr. Morse doesn't really mention honey, but I personally believe in it. I, I feel that it's helped me a lot. And, um, you know, you take the information that works for you. That's that's the best way that I can say it. And so it's absolutely, it's a superfood. It's like bees are going from all these plants and they're taking little like micro particles and just the whole process of it is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's like the best thing. Also, lemons are the most astringent fruit. Lemons are a fruit. And um it will absolutely, it's like a lymph cleaning powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with grapes. So grapes and lemons would be the two most astringent. And a lot of people would say, and I mean red grapes, 
So let me ask you this: Do you yeah. do you get all these foods? Are they from the grocery store, or do you get organic food? I try to buy as much organic as possible. That is best, but you still want to give them a good scrub. I I use like a non-toxic dish soap, um, so it's like naturally plant-based, and I wash it in pretty much like warm or lukewarm water. To I give it every every fruit and vegetable that I eat, I give it like a very good rinse. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone should too. And you know what? I I can't afford right now to buy everything organic, so I buy a conventional too. If that's all you can afford, right. you should still buy it conventional. Just make sure you clean it extra good. Yeah, I think that's um, another thing that I wanted. I always mention like if we're really going through this whole worldwide pandemic flu thing that's really going on, why didn't they mandate organic food or why did they make it so that everyone can get clean, healthy food? No, instead they kept McDonald's open and they kept telling people to take these drugs to to make them heal themselves. But if there was really, if they really cared about us, they would have programs where they would teach kids in school how to farm and grow their own food naturally from the world instead of relying on these farms that are grown by seeds from Monsanto and then are sprayed with pesticides and chemicals and then are the, the soil that they grow from are so depleted from nutrients that by the time you eat the food, you're barely getting anything that's benefiting your body. You're just like eating empty food. So I, I don't understand how how people can blindly just follow the the people in power who say that they care about your health, but they don't demonstrate it. What they give you is false false things that don't do anything and, as a matter of fact, harm you at the end of the day. It truly makes me just sick what Big Pharma is doing on every level because, like I was saying to you before, basically they're the pharmaceutical products, and I'm not here to shame anybody who is taking them because I understand, you know? I thought, oh, okay, these are the doctors, these are the professionals, you have to believe them. So that's why when I say that I don't believe in allopathic medicine anymore, yeah, there's some surgical intervention when it's really necessary and... You know, if you have like a serious infection that you absolutely need antibiotics for, I'm not even going to get into the harms of antibiotics too, though. Like it's there and you know, it's there for a reason. But when it comes to chronic conditions and, um, I, I you know, we could probably do like a whole nother show and I'd be willing to about like vaccines because I believe I was vaccine injured. And, um, actually I forgot to mention this, but, um, so my diagnosis was in 2014. And the ICD code was 907.0, which when I looked it up, it says that the world, um, the WHO, that they um, classify this as like poisonings and, and like other like issues. It was just under like uh, the um, ICD code that it was under was very sketchy and it changes every couple of years. So it's under a new classification now, but at the time this was the classification code. And um, so, yeah, it was like under poisonings and other like, toxicity that happens like it was saying like after the fact type thing mm-hmm. um you know it's like i'm not a medical professional so i'm just kind of reciting this to the best of my knowledge but anyways it was just a little bit like okay that's really strange so actually i think that it was either sports injury or i think that it could have also been from a vaccine injury from like the gardasil shot there were so many shots that they forced us all to get throughout growing up right. and you know our generation is amongst one of the sickest because mm-hmm. we take like triple the amount of vaccines that anyone has ever taken. So it's really sickening what they're doing. And for anyone to just, what's happening now is crazy. And they didn't tell us one good recommendation. Like 
is you know getting fresh air and walking right. and getting some like each day is like right. one of the best things you could do mm-hmm. for yourself too mm-hmm. something so simple that everyone no matter where you are has access to go for a walk right try and get some sunshine and fresh air right like it's it's crazy how you you would think that in this like you said in we live in the modern age where we think we're so advanced and so healthy because we take all these drugs that they pump into us yet we're the sickest society that has ever lived societies in the past were super healthy just imagine what it would have been like to live at the height of the Egyptian empire where they weren't just talking about politics and working and live a daily life. These people had already, this was a a culture that existed for thousands of years. America is barely 200 years old. Imagine a a country or a nation or a group of people that have been living in peace for thousands of years. They were investigating into life after death, how how to become the most positive, most super powerful version of yourself. And it's just wild to think that now in this day and age, we consider ourselves to be super intelligent and smart, yet we're so sick and, and we're doing it to ourselves because we're depending on these outside forces instead of taking control of our own health like you did. It's so sad. I like. I wish that I could go back in time just to experience that because, and you know what though, I do have hopes that I hope, because there are people like you and so many people around the world that are awake to this and I think that we are moving towards like that 5D just enlightenment, you know, like a phase where everything is beautiful and we're like back in our roots, grounded with like relying on our local farmers and stuff like that. And right. it seems that there are a lot of people trying to make an effort. I know Health Freedom for Humanity is one of those organizations that's trying to make an effort towards, you know, just this again. And just getting back, like, you know, how beautiful would it be if we can just all get food locally? like. Do you know how different that like local food hits? Just that fresh food that right. like you know non-GMO mm-hmm. and it's not made in a lab. It's really from the earth. Right. How it, like works wonders for your health. It and, absolutely works such wonders. And it's supposed and, to be fresh because by the time that you the food that you're eating is actually coming from thousands of miles away, and by the time that it reaches you, the nutrients and the enzymes inside the food that are good for you they deplete by day by day. So they have all these preservatives in this food and it's it's on shelves for, for months possibly. And by the time you're eating it, you're getting nothing. It's empty food, like I said. So I think that's why the government should have mandated or given everybody at least money to start their own little garden at home. That would have created just an enormous amount of change in people's health to have fresh food from your own garden. Such a beautiful idea. I wish they would have done something like that too. There is something I've learned about recently is that you can grow your own sprouts at home. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy, and all this um, supplement, um, all the products that you would need would be like on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that's something really good to know. I I eat sprouts, but right now I've just been buying them organic. So I think I'm actually going to start to harvest my own soon too. And um, so that's just something that anyone can do. So you can sprout them in a few days, right. or up to a week, or something like that. So yeah, it's that's a really cool piece of knowledge that I learned recently. But there, I think it's really important for us to all start learning about new ways and just getting involved on a grassroots level, like in our communities, mm-hmm. to start trying to, you know, educate people and just start leaning towards actual real health. Because, yeah, I'm sorry, everyone, but taking some pharmaceuticals, it's never going to be good for your health from what I've learned and experienced. It's like putting battery acid in your body. Right. So, you know, especially these on, what's it called? these vaccines that aren't even tested, you know, there's no long-term studies on them. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even know what that's going to do. And it's really delusional for lack of better words. So to think that it's going to help you and it's really not. 
And you know what, though, if you are vaccine injured, you took it, there are ways you want to get as many as much hydration as possible. So this will help you um, detox from it, because I think everyone should know this. And you want your your antioxidants. So you want to focus on wild blueberries, wild foods, and you want to focus on like grapes, like foods that are really astringent that will just help break things up. And you want to focus on leafy greens. You want to focus on real food to help your body become stronger right. to get things out. And like you said, how, you know, like the greens and stuff, they sometimes can lose their like nutrients, nutritional value. You literally want to eat like double the amount of greens. Right. It's like yeah. kind of sad that this is where we're at, yep. but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. So, um, that's pretty much all the questions that I had from you, but yeah, I think, I think I just wanted to share your story with people because it's, like you said, it's when, when you're in it, when you're in that dark place, it feels like you're stuck there. And I feel a lot of people feel like that, like they have no way out, but there is a way out and it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to, it's going to feel like your world is ending, but that, that's what it requires sometimes. Like I was talking to you privately, you're basically the the rising phoenix the, the the bird who died and rose again through the fire it, it, the, the fire burned it and with that i want to share with you a story i don't know if you heard but this is a story i heard from my pastor a long time ago he died sadly and i miss him he's like one of my favorite people a pastor who would think right um but yeah he told me the story i'm gonna read it to you um so there was a group of women in a bible study that were studying the book of malachi and um there was they came across a verse on a chapter which said, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. This verse puzzled the women and they wondered what it meant and um, what, what it talked about the character and nature of God. So one of the women offered to find out the process of refining silver and get it back to the group to tell them what it's all about. So that week, uh, that woman went to talk to a silversmith and uh, made an appointment to watch him work and to, to work with the silver and see how see how it, she, he does all his work and how she can maybe see some insight into what that verse meant, right? So she didn't mention anything to the, to the guy about why she was there. She just, wanted to, she just told her she just wanted to see uh, how he worked. So as she watched the silversmith working, he held a piece of silver over a fire and he let it heat up. And he was explaining that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away all of the impurities. The woman thought about, about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse, that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. He asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time while the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the fire, but he had to keep his eye on the silver the entire time it was on the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy when I see my image in it. So if today you're ever feeling the heat of the fire, remember that God has his eye on you and he will keep watching you until he sees his reflection in you. So I think that's just a beautiful little metaphor and story to, to, to talk to people. And I know sometimes it seems like life is hard. And I couldn't imagine going through what you did, Jane. And man, you did it. You transformed your life from 
a hell world basically you climbed out of it and now you're a totally different person and you're like a testimonial now for people like me you've inspired me and I hope this story that reaches other people they can also be inspired and see like damn I feel like I'm burning up right now I feel like this is terrible this is hell but remember I mean it takes that sometimes it takes that for people to change and some people will sink and, and probably hit rock bottom and sadly die or end up in prison or something but those that see that there's an opportunity and have that spark like you did to like no I can reverse this I can make a change I have to put my foot down and do something God is watching you and he's gonna have your back all it takes is courage so thank you again Jane for for coming on here you know there was a lot of more things I wanted to talk to you about but um I, I would like to have you back on and we could talk about other stuff and um I wanted to play this song because I saw one of your posts. You had um, you posted a song from this song called um, I think Telepop called Breathe. Yes, I love that song. Yeah, such a good song. Yeah, I love that song too. And I used to have an iPod, an old iPod, where I had a bunch of songs that I downloaded off of my old computer, LimeWire times. And these songs didn't have title names; they just had like random numbers. And I had this one song on there that I loved, and it was a remix, it was two bands collaborating, and um, I couldn't remember that song, somebody stole my iPod, and I couldn't remember that song, and I missed it, and it was for like years, and then I was scrolling through your site, and I heard that song, and instantly the song, like some of the lyrics came back to me, and I started looking it up, and I found it, so I want to share it with you, because sometimes I feel like there's things that, that happen like that, maybe playing the songs can inspire somebody else to remember the song, so... I want to play us out with this song. It's a um, collaboration between that, bong, that um, band, Telepop Music, and um, another band called Madradios. I'll spell it. It's M-A-D-R-E-D-E-U-S. And the name of the song is Oxala. Uh, it's O-X-A-L-A. It's a badass song. I hope you like it, but... I'm going to play us out with this song, and stick with me. We can talk in private a little bit uh, at the end. I want to ask you some stuff. And um, thank you once again, Jane, for, ha for being on. Is there anything else that you want to leave with people, a positive idea or, or something that they can carry with? Well, Juan, thank you so much. I appreciate all your kind words, and I was so excited to come and talk to you, and we, clearly we can just relate on so much. So this has been incredible to talk with you. And I do want to leave two things. One please everyone have faith because even going through your darkest times, it's going to teach you a lesson. No matter what, you're going to learn a lesson. You're going to come out the other side if you choose to, and you're going to be a better version of yourself. And two, believe in making the impossible become possible because miracles can happen. And if you just put your heart to it, it will happen for you too. Great. That was beautiful. Thank you again, Jane. And I hope you have a great day. Uh, stick with me. I'm going to play us out with this song and uh, thank you once again. So everybody, Know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace.